Welcome to a new episode of Hand That Rocks the Cradle. I'm your host Mayura and today we have with us a really special mother. Her name is Michelle. Uh, Michelle is a mother to five-year-old Mayra and uh, she is also having an amazing following on Instagram. She has an account uh, that goes as a mother to a drama queen. Uh, she talks a lot about the breastfeeding support. She talks about uh, uh, baby-led weaning. So uh, we are very, very happy to have Michelle with us today to share her pregnancy experience and her postpartum experience. Thank you, thank you for having me. Uh, it means a lot, and uh, super happy to be here. Also, my account is Mother of Drama Queen. Mother of Drama Queen. Okay, apologies, Mother of Drama Queen. Yes, Yes. So, Michelle, uh, we can get started by, uh, you know, discussing about uh, how did uh, you, uh, as a couple, uh, dis- decide to have a baby? I mean, was Myra planned or, you know, uh, you decided that, you know, this will be like a surprise or something like that? So, in a lot of ways, Myra is a planned baby. Uh, I had a miscarriage somewhere in 2014. 2013 actually, 2013 is when I got pregnant and within a few months, three months or so, 15 weeks I had a miscarriage and uh, I think immediately a month after my husband was diagnosed with cancer. So we had to put our entire uh, pregnancy to whatever, of course, that was, a baby was not even, you know, priority back then. So my husband went to six months of uh, treatment for his chemo more or less three, four months. So then you have that period, no, where you have to get clear reports and stuff. So that takes a good six months. And uh, post that we were told that it needs until five days of treatment, because that's what the remission did. So five days of treatment, uh, after post treatment, is when we should not be looking at having a baby. Uh, what we had was what was suggested by, you know, the guy at the doctor and everybody was to go through IVF because they said, uh, you know, since chemo and stuff has happened, the chances of a natural pregnancy are very, very low. Uh, so one month, of course, we signed up for uh, the sperm banking and, you know, we paid for it. Uh, I think I paid for it two years, not uh, one year, not one month, but two years I paid for it. And somehow in the third year, I don't know what hit me and I said that I don't think I'm up for this. I don't think I'm up for ideas because uh, and primarily I have, I mean, all due respect for uh, parents who choose IVF because I think it's a very, very difficult journey. I, I didn't want to do it because one, I had already lost a baby in the past, having a very healthy pregnancy. So there was already fear in my mind, right? Uh, so there was so much of hospitalization and medication and everything that happened during the uh, cancer journey. That I wanted my pregnancy to either happen naturally if it could, or I was you know, I was somewhere, somewhere even happy saying that I'm okay not even having a baby. You know, when you go through something like that, your entire thought process changes. Your priorities kind of change. Because you're like, I have a husband. So what if this thing reoccurs? These are the thoughts that constantly go on in your head. So of course, three, four years, and you know, I had everybody possibly asking, oh my God, you guys have been married for so long. No babies yet. Why haven't you planned? And it's really sad because... People who knew our condition, people who knew that, you know, we underwent uh, treatment for cancer, who is a cancer survivor, and who knew that we couldn't immediately plan a baby, and who knew that there was a waiting period, still kept pestering us. 
emotional distraught due to the physical pain because uh, you know you're not prepared. I mean, of course, when when you're actually going to have a full talk baby and stuff like that, you are still mentally prepared that I have to, you know, put my body through the pain. But in my case, imagine having to put like a dead body out of your own body is the most painful, most horrible thing. So it was. It was way too many emotions happening for me at the same time, and it was painful in a lot of ways. No idea. But even after that, we were not able to figure out what. But that also meant for me that pregnancy, any pregnancy I planned for that had to be monitored. And in my case, the second pregnancy when I had my daughter was the most difficult. So it was actually the most difficult. It was horrible, if I had to put it. Okay. So I do, which is also a reason why I chose not to have another baby because. I put my body through it twice, not once. I literally twice, and the second, the first time obviously ended in a very bad way. The second time I have a beautiful rainbow baby and all of that. But am I as a, a woman ready to put my body through this again just because children are beautiful and amazing? No. Yes. It's a choice I've made. I will give my body the respect it deserves. It's gone through enough already, and that's all for me. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And uh, a miscarriage is traumatic, definitely. But you know, miscarriage that happens in second trimester, it is you know much more. Yeah. You know, like what Gynex usually tell us is that because of chromosomal abnormalities, it can like routinely happen in the first twelve weeks. But when you cross the twelve week um, mark, it is assumed that it is going to go full term. So. This is. I I doubt women would even have the courage to come and you know share something like this, even though there would be so many women already you know who have experienced this. So it, I I'm a mom too, so it is one of the worst uh, you know experiences that any woman can go through. You um uh was there anything that you know post the miscarriage you know that you did to prepare yourself for the second pregnancy again to me? No, that's what I'm saying. I didn't get a chance to. I honestly didn't get a chance to because one month after the pregnancy, the miscarriage happened. My husband had his cancer. I was so sucked into looking after him. I didn't have the time to see. Like you know, imagine something like this. And one month, what? Fifteen days after that, if I think had a, a you know, he started falling sick fifteen days after my miscarriage happened. Literally two days after. Not fifteen days. I remember, yeah, fourth of September when I had my miscarriage. Fifteenth of September, I specifically remember these days somehow in my mind. Is when he actually started uh, falling ill, and we assumed this dengue at that point in time because his platelets and all were all over the place. It was not diagnosed until the end of October, but uh, but there were a lot of uh, hospitalizations that were happening on and off, you know, all wrong diagnosis or whatever stuff. But the point is that I never had time to mentally, physically, in any way, and even physically, it's a huge setback. I will not believe this, but two days after the miscarriage, I was in office working, full time working, like nothing happened, you know. So that's how it is, and it's really annoying because even my office didn't give me the support I needed. Yes. Like I didn't know this, of course. Now I know that if you have a miscarriage, there's actually paid leave that you get. Surprisingly, my organization didn't give it to me, and I went for because my miscarriage didn't happen on a Thursday or. Uh, or Friday or something like that. Wednesday, I think. And Thursday, Friday, I was obviously two days away from work. And Saturday, uh, yeah, then I went into office on Monday or something like that. And I had to go at like deducted, you know, that extra day that you get because of the weekend. That day was deducted, which shocked me. 
now what? Because uh, I was scared and obviously everybody around me was scared, right? Because it was like going into flashback mode and the doctor was very worried because like, I was not expecting this and what went wrong and you know. But then we realized that I had a low life effect now. So, which is what was causing me. In fact, you quit. Imagine she's not even admitted me to hospital and she went to a dance center. You're not going back to work now. And I'm like, are you serious? I was like, listen, I'm not ready for this. Not financially, not physically, not in any way. Not emotionally ready. I mean, such a sensitive which is not happening. She's like, you decide what you want. Do you want the baby? Do you want your job? It's a call you have to take. And thankfully, my boss was super cooperative. So she's like, Michelle, well, right now, what is important is this baby. She's like, you please take this break. Whenever you want to come back, uh, please remember that, you know, um, the office is always welcoming you. Also, you know, the, 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 the,
breve da foto no geral, na câmera, Your body, you know, get a baby out. There are so many risks involved. 
saying that we go through post that i am not saying that women who go through vaginal delivery don't go through this because i know that even vaginal uh, you know moms who deliver that they have had their bad experience but having a scar having a scar life long and even now 5 years later sometimes i have itchiness on my scar which is 5 years 5 and a half years later right that scar sometimes it tends to tends to get you know pulled and you feel a little bit of pinch and pain so imagine that and then having a little bit of pain and being so raw being vulnerable it's not so yeah that is my overall pregnancy experience not a very easy one not the best one i probably the, i would have liked it in to be a little nicer to be a little more kinder to me yes uh, actually uh, i uh, like second lot of things that you said right now and so much i mean i was like i was literally listening to each and every word you were speaking michelle or uh, two things okay uh, that i absolutely loved one is that a c section was should be uh, celebrated as much as normal birth both a c section is a big surgery and uh, obviously mothers are mothers in the end doesn't matter how you gave birth you are a mom regardless of it and uh, since this is c section awareness month it is important that we put this across to all moms out there whatever is the best birth for your baby that will happen and uh, we have to you know like normalize that no other regardless of it and the right. thing is the number of children you know one and done families also need to be normalized it's okay for moms to have one child you have to look at your financial health your support system uh, all of that before deciding on a child because child is a lifelong responsibility it's not you know giving birth is not the end right from the birth the journey starts of raising this child so uh, it has to be a very informed uh, decision so uh michelle um, coming to another thing i want to ask you like probably the last thing that we can talk about today is um after baby's birth you said that you had to leave your job with one when you got pregnant because of placenta previa so um after her birth or uh, when was it you know how was that postpartum journey for you you know maybe the first year of your her life which is you know actually the hardest you know when when the baby is born the first year is supposedly the hardest so when how was that and when did you go back to work because i know that you are in a full time job right now yeah. so uh, the first six months of her life i don't even know what happened she got a lot of pain i was not allowed to read books i was asked to sleep all the time uh, i had a horrible breastfeeding journey at the start I couldn't even breastfeed her properly, uh, and because I was not breastfeeding, I mean, I in my head I thought I'm not capable of breastfeeding because she wouldn't latch, and we had latching issues and stuff like that. It became mine. It became like I cannot breastfeed her, which meant that we switched to formula. Okay, and so now I know this. Many years later, of course, six, seven months down the line, I knew it. I didn't know it then, but it was on demand and supply. So the moment you get formula, so anyways, your supply drops, right? So she was. Formula fed, she was breastfed also. Uh, it took me two three months to understand that you know how breastfeeding works, and then we managed to switch to uh, breastfeeding obviously. But it was not easy. Okay, I was constantly being fed, like all the time I was supposed to eat. I would literally get up, eat, lie down for a bit, get up, eat, lie down for a bit, bit get up, eat. Five days postpartum, I still not lost weight, and today I am struggling for those days. Like even if I lose. 500 grams. My nutritionist says it's a great thing, which is my body is just not giving up on this fat and just not asking, letting me reduce it. 
after doing so much, after actually trying to do so, you know, and have multiple health issues. And this all happened because of that lack of care, lack of self-care that happened in the first six months. So to end, you know, Mom, what I would say is that if your doctor gives you an okay, I think for C-Tech moms it happens uh, they may ask you, like, also depends on your own physical condition, that's whatever, psychological conditions and stuff like that. But most doctors will, after six months postpartum, will tell you to get into full-blown exercise. Few of them are even asked to do it earlier. So depending on what your doctor says, depending on what your body says, my advice to all moms is that if you feel up to it, please do whatever you can to, you know, work on your body. And I'm saying this not to lose weight, okay, because many women don't even put on too much weight. Like, I put on 25 kgs, I'm still living on 25 kgs. It isn't about weight, but it's about trying to get your health back, trying to get fitter. And once six months are over, my mum moved to her own place. And uh, from then, I started taking more control. I was more in control, right? We started college, and even during the college journey, I remember that there was so much debate on no, you should be doing this, you're not doing the right thing. Because I followed, uh, while I started traditionally doing because my mum was then saying, I know you have to get your child over because you can't do that. By the time she was seven months old, she was self-feeding. I was giving her everything that we were eating as a family. Of course, minus, you know, the spices and salt was not added and stuff like that. I was cautious with that. But I introduced her to family food and it's a blessing. But these things didn't go well with the adults in the family. Six to seven months, I would say, was pretty much okay because we were on our own. We were figuring out things on our own. You know, the first, the first, few milestones and whatever happened in that year, just nice. Then I think when Myra was around uh, one and a half year old, it's when it started kind of hitting me. You know, I started feeling like, you know, I can't do this forever. I can't be staying at home. Uh, I don't do this my thing because I was very happy with what I was doing. Uh, I was loving my job. I missed it. Right? So yeah, it was very overwhelming. You know, when you have to do it on your own and not, and we didn't even have a land. We still don't have a land. We chose not to. So with all of that, uh, around 18 months, I was like, maybe I should. And I started looking out and uh, I remember, you know, seeing jobs and uh, and a lot of, I didn't get too many interview calls then because there was a break. Unfortunately, when men take a break to travel the world, I do think that it's okay. But if a woman takes a maternity break, uh, it's either uh, by choice or with it forced upon her or whatever, whatever her reason is, uh, her going back to, you know, work is... Difficult. Yes. And it's difficult even today because now that you know I'm the more senior role, I, I wasn't a senior role, but now that it is, I know how it is. Women are still not given the kind of support. In my organization, thankfully, yes, they have the support. So, yeah, so was it easy? Was it difficult? It was a mix of both. Easy because having, you know, I personally feel taken care of so much better for the negative It meant that I got my financial freedom back, which for me was one of the 
there was so many things that you spoke about i just you know feel the need to summarize it one thing is you moms need to be aware of a postpartum anxiety postpartum depression it is extremely extremely common and we have to get support for it i don't think that there are as many mothers uh, like uh, i was just reading a research article which said that it is 22% in indian mothers 22% and this is a 20 22 research recently so 22% is a huge amount of mothers uh, you know and these are mothers who have uh, you know come out and said so the real number might be higher also uh, much higher much higher because of the hormonal uh, you know things that go on it's it is something that many mothers will go through to a different different degree um, second important thing that you spoke about was uh, the right kind of support for a mother going back to work after having a child a uh, lot of ideas you know you have given to parents like choosing the right kind of daycare uh, distributing the uh, you know duties equally and uh, which is where the role of the father also comes into the picture that after a child is born uh, you know husbands fathers have to also step in and take up that duty because lot of times they just do the bare minimum and they are like you know done like that way but you know especially uh, you know when both the parents are working both the parents need to be involved in the child's life was yeah agreed i mean fathers also have to you know they are the parent after all so you are just co-parenting and not babysitting what people usually call them oh he's babysitting and also that's not how the term is wrong so lots of important things uh, that you know mothers or to be mothers are going to you know benefit here from so um, in the end if there were like say two tips that you want to give mums um, mothers who are expecting right now pregnant or mothers who are thinking of having a baby or thinking of conceiving what would those two tips top two tips be uh, one ensure that you are
the right support the right partner uh, you know the right kind of environment if you have it does become easy uh, the first few years may be hard but uh, like i say that your kids are not in your lap forever one day they last grow your lap and then you know you realize that those moments were there so every single day of your pregnancy as it comes don't think way too much ahead all the same just ensure that you are informed on everything i believe that information is key to everything being informed is everything. so as long as you are informed as long as you have the right support it's great yes agreed okay uh michelle it was it was so so good to talk to you i mean i i mean i'm going to like actually go and uh, you know uh, listen to this entire thing again because there were so many things that you said that will be benefiting mothers and new mothers also um uh, we are very very grateful to you for your time for coming here and sharing your life lot of you know like uh, important and critical uh, events that happened in your life and Uh, we are, uh, you know, hoping that the moms who are seeing this take away from this and you know apply it to their own motherhood journey. So thank you, thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Thank you for talking. Thank you for talking. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.